I'm Ryan Milliken from Hardway Performance, and you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. I'm Demetri Miller with No Zone Diesel. This is Anthony Rings from XDP. Jaron Holder from Holder Down Performance. I'm Corey Willis with PPI. I'm Drew with DJ Precision Machine. I'm Pinky. And you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. Diesel Power Podcast. And you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. The one and only Diesel Power Podcast. We're really excited to have you back on the podcast, Clint. The last episode uh, that we did last year about transmissions and 4100s and 68s and everything is a big hit. And uh, we're glad that uh, we're able to chat with you today, ask you some questions, and, and uh, learn what's new with ATS. Absolutely. There's a lot going on. It's uh, exciting times in diesel. Every time March rolls around, the first thing I always think of is the Let It Roll Dino Day there at ATS. And I'm hearing that uh, this one's going to be maybe the biggest one you guys have ever done. There's a lot of cool things that are, that are happening with it. You know, it's kind of sad and like it. We have a ton of sponsors on board. You know, it's March 4th. You know, it's coming up here next weekend. Um, you know, we have the two dinos running, one on the outside and then the big one on the inside that the gauntlet will be on. And, you know, of course, every year, you know, it's a big payout. I think this year, you know, we're expecting a $10,000 payout. So, of course, I don't know if you remember or know all the details in the Gauntlet Challenge, but it's $500 buy-in to uh, come out and display the biggest horsepower and the winner takes off. So that turns out to be, you know, a heck of a draw to bring guys in. They just they just come in from all over the country, and we have, you know, this year we're having a huge pig roast, um, so we make sure we keep everybody fed really well, um, you know, so they enjoy that. You know, a lot of kids, it's good for good for every level, you know, for family. We have a lot of family people come in and, between the vendors, you know, I think we have over 25 vendors, you know, coming in, Alligator, Industrial, Rolling Smoke, PPI, um, Edge, Merchant Automotive, Diesel Ops, Fleece, Diamond Eye, um, just a couple off the top of my head, you know, Waggler. So it's uh, a lot of a lot of guys from all over the country, you know, displaying, and we're expecting to have some pretty good weather for it. Yeah, I was checking out the weather forecast because, you know, Colorado in March sometimes it's <laughs> 75 degrees and nice or there's a foot of snow on the ground, but it looks like it's going to shape up pretty well. I think you described the last two days when we have <laughs> 76 degree weather two days ago and now we're uh, 13 degrees, so it's a little <laughs> bit of a change. Definitely. Yeah, the, uh, the vendor row is really, really cool, you know, for anyone who hasn't gone. You know, once you walk through the, the main door there at ETS, you guys got them all lined up and you can talk to the, the different companies and, and the guys who bring their trucks for the Gauntlet Challenge. So everyone's very accessible, which is really cool. Yeah, no, it's, and, it's, and it's really everything. I mean, it's from, you know, diesel stuff to wheels to some nutrition. You know, it's kind of everything. And, and I tell you, I'm really excited, again, about having the hog roast this year. I think that's going to be a heck of a hit. You know, it's always every year, you know, our diesel fans like to eat, and this is going to be a really good one. Definitely, and that starts at 8 a.m., right? Yes, it does. Until about 5, 6 o'clock at night, you know. I don't remember how many trucks we had last year, but we generally run, you know, 150 trucks or more, you know, between the two dynos. It's a, it's a long line. There's a lot of lot of trucks here, and it's really cool trucks. They just get better every single year. I'm definitely excited. We're going to we're gonna be there and meet some of uh, our podcast guests in person and, and chat with them and, and uh, watch the trucks go, so we're pumped up about it. That's exciting. I tell you, you've done really well with the podcast. I mean, I've listened to a lot of them, and, it's uh, you've done a really good job of getting information out there. You know, you, you just uh, want to take my hat off to you on that. It's been been really good listening. That's awesome. We, we definitely appreciate it. it. You know, kind of where one of the ideas started with it was the ATS Dino Day, and you know, being there, you can meet these guys that you know, as a diesel enthusiast, you see in the magazines or you see at these competitions, and you can talk with them one on one. But it's so hard, like to get time, say with you, on Saturday. 
you're not gonna be able to talk to 1500 people or 50,000 people. But with this podcast, we can ask questions and talk about products and everyone gets like that one-on-one time with Clint Cannon, you know, and that's, that's, cool. that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, well, try not to bore you too much today. <laughs> well, I, uh, I had seen a picture you guys posted on Facebook the other day of this new mosaic in the, the back of the shop. And it, uh, it has American flags, says make America great again. And it started to make me think of making diesels great again, which there's been so many things that, that ATS has, has come out with or, you know, has updated or is working on that's focused just on that. And one of the biggest ones is the 68 RFEs, the, the new packages. Um, there's some updates, some different things you guys have come out with for it. And I wanted to ask you what's changed from, say, a year ago till now on any of the, the 68 RFE packages? You know, the 68 RFE has been the biggest work in progress, you know, really for the last seven, eight years. And it's uh, and it amazes me, you know, it's funny that you asked about that now because it amazes me um, how much that's changed just in the last year. You know, the software and the programming, we've really refined it in the co-pilot. The co-pilot has turned out to be just an amazing piece to keeping these things um, not only living, but really holding good power and just the drivability is just amazing. You know, the way it interacts between the TCM and the tranny and with all the hydraulic mods that we've we've uh, gotten away with, been, been able to increase pressure so much and change porting and, and actually modify clutch timing, how it comes on, you know, we can we can do a lot of that in the co-pilot now. So between the hydraulic modifications we're doing inside the tranny and the co-pilot, you know, it, it makes them work together so well that the tranny, I'm, I'm just really impressed at how well they work these days and how well they're holding up. Um, to the point, you know, we were doing a lot of, we were promoting a lot of the 4100 swaps. Um, and I've just, you know, recently over these last couple of months really started directing my guys to just, you know, kind of stop recommending doing any of those swaps because the 68 is just, it just works so well and we're having good, such a good success with it. Um, and, you know, you don't lose your creature comforts. You know, you, you know, it's just the worst thing to sometimes swap out a tranny, you know, for a different make. You just little things don't work as well. And, you know, we're driving, you know, fifty to $80,000 trucks. And, the, the, you know, the 68 RFE is integrated. And, again, like I say, it shifts so well. And now the reliability is really there. Um, you know, some of, the, some of the recent things that we've done, and, and, Patrick, I don't know if you're aware, but I have recently, um, especially with the expansion of the machine shop, um, I've pretty much started spending all of my time in engineering um, in the transmission shop and the torque converter shop and the machine shop. And, you know, we'd really be able to make some big advancements. And with the something as simple as, you know, the 68 RFE, you know, we were starting to see a lot of issues with case deflection. And we'd kind of thought years ago that just having a pan on the tranny, you know, would, would, would take care of that case deflection. And, you know, we realized that there was a lot more deflection going on than we realized. So, you know, we've got a nice brace up the top that bolts onto the case, and then it pre-stresses it together almost like a pre-stressed concrete member. Okay. Um, so now the case is really solid, um, and that helps with, you know, cross-leaks internally, but it also completely eliminates the broken case syndrome, which is extremely common. The case just breaks in half. And, you know, that's the, that's from the addition of additional torque to, through the tranny. Um, and the big tra- heavy transfer case on the back, and we have these huge trucks, and we're putting so much power through them. You know, so that's been a huge deal. We've got a, you know, big drum, um, so we've we've been able to increase even more overdrive clutches um, and a bigger overdrive piston. And with the bigger overdrive piston, you know, that has 
it, it can potentially have negative effects um, to the actual um, way the transmission shifts between certain gears because of the CVIs. And the by changing, going to this bigger piston and changing the hydraulics again inside the accumulators, um, it compensates for that. So, so it's really exciting, you know, everything from the from the front to the back, from the the big pump, you know, the big shafts, the big heavy duty reinforced planet um, we have in the back, the huge low roller clutch, um, the valve body components, you know, and again, we've been able to open up so much of this stuff because of all the new machines. Um, so many, so many pieces are redesigned and billet configurations and different seedling surfaces. And um, another thing we've started incorporating in the 68, along with a lot of the other trannies, is a is a double seal, um, double Teflon O-ring seal. So we have the Teflon for centering, and then we have the O-ring um, for 100% sealing. And, you know, you get the, the hydraulic integrity is just, you know, unmatched. I mean, it's just perfect. So, you know, I could, I could kind of go on and on and on about how many um, new improvements just over, like, the last year in the 68, including the converter. Um, but the big thing is, is what I really – am excited about is the way the entire system is working together, the transmission, not only hard parts and hydraulics, you know, the transmission box, but integration with the electronics, you know, with the co-pilot, and then the rest of the truck. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's very dynamic, very reliable, um, holding just an incredible amount of power. And, you know, I see it's just continuing to improve on, improve on it. So it's, it's exciting times, you know, for the 68. Well, that's what you know. A lot of a lot of guys with six sevens ask is, you know, they it's so easy to to ramp up the the power of the engine, but you get into the transmission and and you guys still have the five year warranty on them. There's more choices, um, you know, for upgrades and the integration. I mean, that's that's probably the hardest thing. And you know, like with the swaps, like whether it's a four R one hundred or forty eight RE, yeah, maybe on a you know a full blown race truck, you know, it makes sense, but it's so hard to to pull out a factory transmission on a $75,000 truck, not have a few things that you'd like, and, you know, you have four speeds. It's just, it, it's right. so hard to, I think, mentally overcome that, you know, when you got a truck and trying to go that route. So it's really cool to see it, it all get brought together. No, it is. And, that, and that's really, you know, the whole industry just got so sick of the 68 for a while, and everybody started swapping trannies. And and I, you know, we all get it. We understand, you know, you need reliability. But, you know, now that the, now that we figured out the reliability is there, and like you say, I mean, to back it up with a five-year, 500,000-mile warranty, you know, that's, uh, that says a lot. And nice thing is we can do it, and it, and, and it just works. So I'm really, really happy to hear that, you know, the 68 is where it's at these days. And, you know, we're now we're really focusing on the ASIN, which is probably one of the next questions because we're getting a lot of that. You know, and these um, all these other trainees, you know, they're they're just knocking on our door. So the uh, after tackling the '68 and getting that thing, you know, still reliable and under control, you know, I'm I'm very excited about all the new trainees coming. When I was in the shop on the on the tour, I saw a beautiful 2017 Super Duty back there <laughs> near the dyno. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I wish engineer would give it back to me, but. <laughs> Well, it got me thinking about the, the Scorpion Turbo Kiss, because those things, we can't keep them on the shelf. I don't think anyone can keep any of them. You know, they just, the, the upgrade in the kit that ATS has for the 6.7 Power Stroke, the way it works, how seamless the install is, 
you know, it's awesome. And I wanted to ask you, what are your plans on the turbo side? Yeah, so the uh, on the 17, we're really, you know, you, you know, we're really big on um, emissions, you know, performance. And, you know, we're finding that all the late model trucks, the urea trucks, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, that 600, 650 horsepower, about 1,400 foot-pounds, you know, with a truck that has full emissions on it. And that, the only way you can get there is with compounds, right? So, you know, really with the 17, we're really focusing on the compound kit like we have for the other ones that haven't been released yet, but it's basically done for the 11 to um, 16 Scorpion. And we're doing the plus kit for the 17 kit, so it'll still use the VGT. And, of course, to get that kind of power with the emissions on, you know, you have to maintain rail pressure. So, you know, we've got our second CP3 pump. So the, the twin fueler is um, pretty much dialed in. It's done. We just finaled up the last round of electronics, uh, mainly because all of our twin fueler kits um, use a secondary box instead of using the factory programming and having to piggyback a wire. Um, and we do that for a few reasons, technical reasons, which I won't necessarily get into, but the bottom line is that it follows really well um, and it works with any software. So the so the Ford Scorpion, you know, pretty much everything from 11 to 17, um, you know, of course we have the Aurora 3000 and the Aurora 4000 turbocharger, which is a complete direct drop-in, um, and that's, you know, emissions on or off or whatever, you have, however the truck is previously equipped. And then the compound kit, um, which is a, um, a little bitty turbocharger we put on it, so it's extremely quick for spool-up, and then has a 6000 turbocharger on the top side. And that kit you'll see, in fact, we've got it on, we've, we've got it uh, on our, we had it on our SEMA motor, um, as far as display, and and we're just rolling out that kit now. So as far as the turbo selections for the Scorpion, it's getting really big, and all of our new turbos, all of the 3,000 and the 4,000, um, we've made some really big changes on that here in the last couple of weeks, uh, or I'm sorry, the last couple months, is they all have the the big inducer, the bell mouth compressor housing on them now. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but it has where the air goes into the compressor housing. We've actually cast um, a huge, you know, tapered inducer into the into the casting. So we've picked up some uh, bandwidth up top, so it keeps it a little bit more out of the surge limit, which means they we can run them harder and they flow more air with less turbulence. So you get you know more density, more power, you know, at the higher high RPM bands. And then we also have our low drag comp wheels in them now. So the low drag compressor wheels is even expanding that even more. So pretty much all the 4000s are all billet wheel um, uh, and, you know, inducer, the big bell mouth inducer. And it's all part of the kit. It's all drop in, you know, so the cast pedestal, the, the turbo assembly, um, everything's direct bolt up. I mean, they're just a dream to install, uh, which means that, you know, they're, the install is pretty quick. So the customers are happy. The, the labor is relatively low. And, you know, what you see in the kit is exactly what you get, so all the parts are there, and, and it's and it's complete drop-in. And I'll tell you, the power is just, just awesome. I mean, it's just, they're just they're so great to drive, you know, so quick in response. And and reliability, of course, the uh, all-over turbos come with a five-year warranty as well. When you're, you know, telling us about the, the turbo setups and, and the kind of power levels that uh, you're shooting for, you know, with the compound kits and, and even the single kits, is you know these new trucks have so much more horsepower and torque versus older models, but the well at least with the Power Stroke and the Duramax, 
the injection pump limits that. And in these twin fueler kits, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about them as far as you know, what kind of power levels are you, are you able to see, you know, say on an LML um, with the twin fueler kit or the power stroke and the extra volume and how that helps, I'd say, driving every day, not necessarily racing, but, you know, towing a trailer, you know, hauling things. What kind of doors does that open up? I mean, I, 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 yeah, I've been, I've been, you know, preaching this for years that, you know, the twin fueler stuff is really one of the first upgrades that you should really do to these newer trucks because the, you know, the CP4s um, on most of these late model trucks, you know, really whether it's a CP3 or CP4, they've gotten smaller. You know, and they, they've gone at a little bit higher pressure, but they've gotten smaller by volume. And they're adequate for factory programming, you know, factory injectors, factory um, pulse width. So as soon as you put a program in it, then you start upping that pulse width, and which means the leak is getting bigger downstream of the pump, and the, the pump struggles so much harder trying to maintain rail pressure. And it wasn't as big of a deal in the older days, the pre-emissions trucks, but the emissions truck is a huge deal because you've got to maintain that rail pressure. I mean, these things are running, you know, 27 to 29,000 PSI um, without getting real aggressive, you know, like almost from the factory. So as soon as you start opening pulse width, then, you, then the pump start, stops maintaining rail pressure and you start basically just blubbering fuel, so to say, into the, into the engine. You know, and during that power stroke, you're not burning as efficiently, which means you're getting some soot mass, and that makes the after-treatment system work so much harder, and it's just a kind of, it's a point of diminishing return. So when you really start optimizing programming, you know, like, say, even on stock injectors, you really need to maintain the rail pressure, so the secondary injector pump is just fantastic for that. So once you basically double up injector pumps, you know, it's equivalent to having a big, you know, 30-foot, boat with one motor, you put two motors on and all of a sudden you've got the torque and it just goes, you know, you get the throttle and it just gets out of the water and it just moves. You know, two pumps can essentially do the same thing. So we're not necessarily looking for higher rail pressures in, you know, in some cases we do command them a little bit higher, but the big thing is, is when it's commanded, you have to make sure you maintain the rail pressure and maintaining that rail pressure is where you get the power from and the clean power. You know, so you kind of make that with another turbo, and all of a sudden things get way better. Well, the, the whole key is is maintaining, <clears throat> excuse me, the volume of that fuel so you can make the make the power, you know, out of the gate. And, you know, even with the, the older trucks, the pre-emissions trucks, you know, we learned a long time ago that, you know, doing bigger injectors and, you know, a big, a big tune or power module, however you want to get there, right, then you, you hit a point that you just didn't make the power, then you add the secondary injector pump and power goes way up. Well, the other thing that happens, right, is smoke goes down, right? So you're burning that in the cylinder, and that's where, you know, having the second injector pump is just an absolute, it's, it's a key. You know, the, the twin fueler is just an absolute essential, you know, to any type of performance these days. And, you know, luckily we've got the uh, Ford all engineered now, so the Scorpion motor is ready to go. Um, and, of course, the GM and the Dodge, you know, is, uh, has been out for a while, so... They're all making, you know, fantastic power, you know, across the platform. They're, they're just, they're dynamite vehicles. That's awesome. Because it's, it, you know, every, I think every truck guy gets a little bit bored with the power, you know, and, and keeping them stock. And it's great to see all these options for these new trucks with the turbos and, and the, you know, the injection pumps and the transmission upgrades, like you mentioned yeah. before. When, when I was uh, on the tour uh, the other day, uh, you know, the guy goes, have you, 
you won't believe what we did with the machine shop. Like, there's so much going on. And my first thought was, I bet Clint is up there right now because <laughs> I know you love all that kind of stuff. But if you could tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the things you have going on or, or that, that these new upgrades allow ETS to, you know, meet new demands and, and new products and new things that you guys are working on. You know, that's uh, th there's a lot of sides to that story. You know, one, you know, obviously I just, I just love building things and love machines. Um, so that's certainly the passion behind it. But, you know, some time ago, I kind of started figuring out that in order to really compete with the oversized man or overseas manufacturing, that, you know, the only way to do that is to, you know, do it locally, like in-house. So I kind of set out, you know, after, you know, this, this idea that, you know, we'll just keep bringing machines in, I'll keep getting raw parts, and we'll continue to machine them, and we get the raw parts and we do short runs, machine them in-house, and they, you know, go through powder coat and they go downstairs and go out the door. And we finally got to the point where it's really working that that all of these components we're building, whether it's, you know, compressor or turbine housings or, you know, shafts or converter covers or pistons or billet, whatever it is, right, you know, that all those pieces, um, you know, we don't have to, I mean, we don't have to go overseas and do these big orders of, you know, a thousand little pieces and they land here, you know, which I, I love American manufacturing and especially having it here in the control. And the other side of that is, is when you come up with an idea, you can build your prototype and you test it. And then you go from prototype stage to full blown manufacturing and you can build, you know, 10 or a hundred or 5,000, right? Immediately. And when you have design changes, you know, you can make them very quickly on the fly. And that's that's one of the huge advantages. I mean, that's one of the huge driving forces of ATS is, is we're constantly, you know, kind of redesigning and making things better and, and you know, trying to trying to build a little bit better mousetrap. And now it's just right at our hands. So the uh, machine shop, you know, that I've had upstairs for about five years was roughly about 10,000 square feet. Um or maybe 15,000 square feet, we've tripled that. Literally the entire half of the building upstairs is all machines. I brought in 17 new machines total. Wow. Um, and it's just, it's awesome. I mean, so all of our 100% of everything we're doing is upstairs. I mean, all of our our compressor covers, um, all of our turbine housings, all of the torque converter covers, the pistons, the splines, the shafts, um, and so many more parts, and you know, one of the one of the areas that we really uh, were deficient in, you know, for the last couple of years is a lot of little pieces that I wanted to put, for instance, in the 47. Right, the 47, 48 REs now are all billet, accumulator, pistons, um, struts, fulcrum levers, direct piston, um, some really new cool parts with the 6R140 Ford. Um, I've redesigned the entire overdrive section, so we have a huge, big aluminum oversized uh, piston that clamps down so we get bigger clutches, um, and, and, it, and it, it, it squeezes them, or it basically loads them more efficiently, um, so you have a better clamp, and it gets rid of the squawk that goes in the fourth gear when you add extra clutches. So, you know, this kind of goes on and on and on. If you look at every single transmission design that we make, and, you know, each one of those trannies, you know, might have 10 different pieces that we build out of scratch. And then all the converters and all the turbochargers and all the kits and all the components, you know, it's, uh, it just requires an enormous, you know, uh, army of pieces, you know, that come out of this machine shop. And, 
and having the stuff come in in raw material and then spit out the back and finally goes to the laser room or the water jet or, you know, the lathe room or the mill room or, you know, pallet changer or, you know, whatever it is, and then through powder coating, you know, it's, it's really it's really exciting, you know, to see the finished product when it comes out in a, an assembly, whether it's a tranny or a turbo or whatever it is. But it's, uh, it's, it's like I say, it's exciting times. Well, the, the whole you know, diesel performance industry, it's moving so quickly in the advancements and the new trucks and it, you're being positioned to, like you said, you think of an idea, you can make a prototype, you can test it, you can change it. It's all, it's all right there. It's all made in America. And that's, that's really cool. That's, that's what you know, truck owners want. And I think what's really important to them. And, uh, yeah, we're really excited to see, see what you guys roll out, you know, this year and, and next year and, you know, even, down the line so uh, we'll be definitely keeping our eye on on product releases and and uh you know, some of these new things but we appreciate you taking a time out of your busy day you know to chat with us we can't wait to see you guys next saturday see all the people there um it's a anywhere in this whole region or anywhere in the country it, it's one of the top events in my opinion with just the people that are there all the things you have going on the friendly atmosphere there's Parking gets a little tough. Depends on the time of day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to get there early. A challenge for sure. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, they a bunch of vehicles out today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we appreciate you being on, Clint. And like I said, look forward to seeing you here in a week or so. Great. Well, I appreciate it, Patrick. It's uh, always a pleasure talking to you. And hope to see you out here in about a week and a half.